All right, we're recording. How's it going, Joseph? Doing well. How you doing? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. This week isn't as busy as last week. Well, it's as busy, but with stuff that I want to be busy about. I'm not doing homework this this week. All right. All right. <laughs> yeah, I get to spend the rest of my week doing homework. Oh, nice. Nice. After That's we fun. get off, I got a I got a midterm exam to do. I have another 17-page Bible study to do mm. and a discussion board to complete mm. before because some of it's next week's work, but I'll be out of town all week, right. and I'm not going to get to work on it. So, Right. See, so, I, uh, I was working on homework all week last week, and then this week I'm not so much homework. I'm working more on business aspect. And so that's, I mean, it's stuff that I actually want to do. It's stuff that I chose. Right. So I'm happy about it. Yep. So uh, I know a guy that we should be talking about this week. All right. Let's hear it. Hey, uh, did you hear what you just said? I yeah, know a guy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So we're going to talk about. Joke. <laughs> All right, Chuck. <laughs> we're going to be talking about Noah's Ark this week, but uh, before we get into that, this show is brought to you by King's Council Shampoo and Conditioner. Um, y'all use code TDR10 for ten percent off your order, and get you some some st- some stuff. I had a tweet the other day about how get you some toxically masculine shampoo. So we're going to be running with that for a little bit. <laughs> there you go. All right. So you want to pray and then we'll get into Noah's Ark? All right. All right. Sounds good. Heavenly Father, we come to you today, Lord. And as every week, Father, I give you thanks that we've made it through another week, Lord. And you brought Kyle and I together that we could discuss your word and discuss your message, Father, and, and whatever else you lay on our hearts. Father, I pray that uh, you open the hearts of anyone that listens to this, Lord. And if anybody should feel so compelled to uh, come to know you, Lord, if they're not sure of their salvation, that they reach out to to Kyle or myself. In Jesus' name I pray and ask it all. Amen. Amen. So, Noah's Ark. I'm guessing that a lot of people know the story, so I'm just going to kind of skim through the, the summary of it. So, mankind as a as a species was wicked, not just men, but the women also, obviously, but God felt remorse about his creation. And so he, he made his creation and he let it play out and see what would happen. And he felt bad about making the creation. And so he decided he was going to start over. Um, but he looked at the world and saw that Noah was the only godly man on the whole earth, Noah and his family. And so he told Noah to make an ark because he was going to flood the world. And so Noah made the ark, which an ark is like a a boat with no kind of propulsion system. It's just, it's just meant to float. And so he made the ark two of every creature. Well, yeah, two of at least two of every creature, but um, more of the, the birds and the food animals went in. And then it rained, it rained for 40 days and 40 nights. And so after it was done raining, Noah was on the ark for 50 days or 150 days, my bad. And he sent out a dove. The dove brought back an olive leaf. Well, he sent out a raven and a dove, but the raven just kind of flew around and didn't come back. The, the dove brought back an olive leaf. The and then seven days later, he sent the dove out again, and it didn't come back. And this is how he knew that it was getting to be time to where it, he was going to be able to get off the boat. Um, 
So then later the ark landed. The they emptied the ark. So when the when the water was gone, they opened the doors and everything came out of the ark. And right away Noah built an altar to God, gave God a burnt offering, and God commanded Noah to replenish the earth. And then after all this was done, God sent a rainbow. So you know how after it rains, we always see rainbows. Well, God sent that was God's gift to man. It was a promise that he was never going to flood the earth. He was never going to destroy the earth by water ever again. So that's the summary. Run with your notes. So uh, real quick, did you see the article I put a, posted on Twitter? I did. I did. That yeah, I they found that. they found Noah's Ark in the mountains in Turkey, right? They uh, they think they did, and they're going to use 3D imaging to try to prove it. Ground right. penetrating 3D right. imaging because it's it's underground, right? Right. So I thought that was interesting. Going off of uh, mm-hmm. I found that today, and they were recording this this evening. Mm-hmm. So over thousands of years, it makes sense that the dirt and and everything would be deposited on top of the the ark. Right. But right. I thought that was real real neat. Yeah, so, the, the Bible is the most provable history book in existence because it's God's truth. And so anybody who tells you that the Bible isn't real or anything, they're, they're wrong. They just don't know what they're talking about. I'm sure your school doesn't offer it, but uh, I, I took it as an elective biblical archaeology. Yeah. One of the most fascinating classes I ever took. Really? It's amazing to me that people can go out with the intention of disproving the Bible and end up just end up proving it. Yeah, and right. a lot of times that's what happens. Right. We're on the way to prove it wrong. Right. And uh, I actually have a good friend of mine here that uh, kind of along the same lines, he was an atheist. And uh, he went through the Bible so that he could argue me and prove me wrong. And now he's a man living for God. Right. So, uh, yeah, anytime you go after God, God uh, has, a, has a way to uh, show you the truth. Absolutely. So Noah, the firstborn son of Lamech. So pop quiz for you. Do you know how old Noah was when he began building the ark? Um, I know that he was 600 years old when he entered the ark. He was 480 when he started. Took him 120 years to build. Yeah, I saw that somewhere. Where? What verse is that? Okay, so the whole story is in Genesis chapter 6 through 9, right? Correct. I think it's verse 5-ish of chapter 6. No. I'm going off the top of my head. Hold on. (laughs) All right, so I can't find it, but... (laughs) Yes, yeah, so Noah was 600 years old when the flood started. But you say he's 480 when he started building it. Right. So I know where you're going with this. Finish your thought. Um, God, okay, so my thought, I got to get myself back on track. <laughs> so my thought is, you know, the whole time Noah was building the ark, he was preaching God's word and God's warning to, to the world, to everyone around him. Right. For 120 years... Noah preached repentance, and for 120 years, all of mankind ignored him. 
Right. And and there's there's a lesson in that. You know, um, think about how many people spend their entire lives ignoring God. Right. But the other lesson, you're, you're absolutely right about that. People spend their entire lives ignoring the teachings that God is trying to give them. But there's another lesson in there that the world isn't always going to want to listen to what we have to say. You know, you know what I'm saying? Where exactly. They aren't always going to be accepting of the biblical message that we are spreading. And we need to not get discouraged over that. Keep, keep going. I'm looking for something. <laughs> um, I I just finished my thought. I don't know what to say. <laughs> so um, we we know the story. God sent the, the uh, flood waters upon the earth to destroy mankind. So my turn to ask you a tough question. Okay. If God knows all things and he knew his creation was going to do this and he knew he was going to flood the earth and he knew Noah was going to do this before he ever created the universe. Why was it allowed to get this far? Right. Okay. So I got some thoughts about it is that God gave us the gift of free will. And so he, yes, he knows what's going to happen, but also he, he gave us the opportunity to choose our own path for ourselves. And furthermore, so I'm, I'm kind of, the jury's still out for me on the whole free will thing. I haven't really looked into it that much, but if he hadn't let it go this far, we wouldn't be sitting here talking about it today, would right. we? I mean, no, it wouldn't have happened. He he would have just either stopped it early or, I mean, there would be no lesson for us. So he was thinking about Kyle and Joseph sitting here having a podcast on the Damascus Road and talking about Noah's Ark. It, does, it, does that make sense? Yep. Okay, so now I finally found what we were talking about. You were asking me how I knew his age. Uh huh. So chapter 7, verse 6 says, Now Noah was 600 years old when the flood came, water upon the land. If you go back to chapter 6, um, verse 3, Then God said, My spirit will not remain with humankind forever since they are flesh, so their days will be 120 years. Mm. Yep. So it was 120 years from the time God said this and instructed Noah to build the ark till mm-hmm. he was he boarded at 600. So 120 minus 600 minus 120 is 480. Right. Sorry, that was bugging me because I try <laughs> I try to prove everything I say with the Bible and right, right. I just didn't have it ready. Right. But yeah, so question. if God hadn't let this happen, if God hadn't let the world go this far we wouldn't be able to learn from it today. We wouldn't be able to talk about it here today. He was thinking about us. Right. I, I think, I think it comes down to uh, that. And um, it gives us a basis that we can, we can judge where we're at today off of. So think about 
what Christ said. You know, what were the signs when his disciples asked, what were the signs of the end time? He said, it'll be like in the days of Noah. Right. So it's also a guidepost for us that we can look that we know what the world was like in the days of Noah. Then we can look around today and see what the world is like. And it mm-hmm. gives, it's, it's a sign. It's an inkling of a, of, of a thought from God, you know, a warning. It's, it's a warning is what it is. Right. It's a big caution sign flashing. Not one you can hang on your wall either, Kyle. Uh, yeah, for those listening at home, I've got a bunch of road signs. I'm hanging on my wall here at college. It's my decorations. <laughs> so do you know what Noah's name meant? I do not. Because, you know, in, in the Hebrew, names have a meaning. Right. So his name means relief or comfort. Yep, rest. That's what I got. So... um yeah, I'm not. I don't have my King James Bible in front of me tonight, but um, I have a different version. Y'all have to forgive me. Do you have an ESV? I do not. I have a uh, a Tree of Life version. Oh, gotcha. So, um, in the Tree of Life version, it just has instead of the English names, it has a lot of the Hebrew names, like hmm. when in seven one where it says, "Then God said to Noah, Come ye and all your household." My, my Bible says, then Adonai said. So it uses the Hebrew terms for God and Jesus. Like, mm. So not really any different, just a little bit different. So um, where was that? He was comfort. So Noah is a comfort and a rest, as your Bible, as your version says. Um, yeah, I got the King James Study Bible. It just said it down below. Yeah. So um, what's he, what's, what does he rest from? From sin. I think it's sin. I think it's a rest from um, the curse that God put a, put upon man. You know, man, man had to work hard after mm. being expelled from the Garden of Eden. Noah's only 10th generation from Adam. Right. You know, he's... And if you think about it, think about the time that, that men lived back then. Here, Here's a thought that's outstanding to me. Right, no. He was 600 years old and working on an ark. Yeah. So, and uh, Adam was how old when he died? Mm, I don't know. So Adam's days that he lived were 930 years. Yep. Man, you're really testing the theologian, the, theology, theology yeah. <laughs> today. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I, I'm digging deeper into this just because I think it's a cool fact. Mm-hmm. That when Noah was born, either Adam was still alive or he hadn't been dead for very long. Right. I, I, I didn't take the time to do the math on that today. But it says he's 10th generation from Adam. So, mm-hmm. so yeah, there's a lot of math because everybody back then lived 800, 900 years. Right. And, you know, it's actually the sin of man is the reason we don't get to live that long anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah, know, sin God, kills, us, kills us way faster. Well, what it was is, um, and, and I didn't, I'm so unprepared for where my thoughts going because I didn't plan on going this direction. <laughs> so the Bible talks about how wicked man was able to become during these long lifespans. 
Right. And that's the reason the earth got so bad so quickly. Because think about it, this is just from creation to, you know, a thousand years after creation, roughly. Mm-hmm. Man got super wicked, super fast. But a man was able to live 800 years doing wicked deeds and growing more evil and learning more things. And so part of that after the flood is the shortening of life of lifespans just to prevent us from being able to do that much evil again that quickly. So look at it now. We're what 5,000 years, 6,000 years later, and we're just now getting back to the point that's looking like the days of Noah. Right. So an interesting thought. I hadn't planned on going that route. <laughs> no, it's a good thing because I'm going to build off that. So you said we're now looking like the days of Noah again. So the beginning of chapter six talks about the wickedness of man and what the reasoning behind why God would want to, why God would destroy the world the way he did. And the number one reason is sexual immorality. Correct. And so it was, um, in verse three, chapter six, verse three, it says, wait, no, not verse three. Verse 2, chapter 6, verse 2, that the sons of God saw the daughters of men, that they were fair, and they took them wives of all all which they chose. So they're committing adultery. Um, the women were having sex with giant, giants. They were having kids with giants. And it it just, God was displeased with the sexual sins that, that they were committing at the time. And you look today, I mean, it's the same thing. Absolutely. You know, and and in verse five, then God saw that the wickedness of humankind was great on the earth, and every inclination of the thought of their heart was only evil, mm-hmm. all the time. Mm-hmm. So I mean, we just, and you're right. You know, it it got so bad that the angels fell from heaven. They cast themselves to the earth to take the daughters of men who were fair, right? And that's where you get the Nephilim or the giants, and um. I mean, if you read the book of Enoch, and, and I think we've talked about it before, he goes, Enoch goes more into it. Mm-hmm. You know, these angels that came down, according to Enoch, taught men all these levels of evil. Were they demons or were they angels? Um, I don't, I don't know how they would still be considered because they're heavenly beings that cast themselves to the earth. Mm. So the Bible still calls them uh, when mankind began to multiply on the face of the ground and the daughters were born of them and the sons of God saw that the daughters of men were good and they took for themselves wives as they chose. So the, the Bible at this point still calls them the sons of God which are angels. Hmm. So at what point did they transition from being an angel to a demon? Uh, I, I don't know. I, I don't have that answer for you. Right. Well, the demons were the followers of Lucifer, so they were probably the ones that were cast out at the same time of as Lucifer. Right. And you know these were uh, they, these were and back to the Book of Enoch again. They were called the Watchers. Mm. These angels that came down were the angels that God originally told to watch over mankind to make sure we were safe, to make sure we didn't do anything stupid. And after watching us for so long, they were like, "Hey, we want to we want to be a part of that." <laughs> It's good to be a human, I guess. <laughs> so how how outstanding is it that 
out of all the earth, and, and, and biblical scholars estimate it was about a billion people on the earth, that there was only one man that was right. godly. Right. You know, that, that lets you know how far men have got gone from the Garden of Eden to that point in time on that day. Right. And you look at it today from a religious standpoint, and, and I'm not trying to offend anybody, but the fastest growing religions in the world are, are Islam and, and Wiccan or witchcraft. And the third largest, what I would consider a religion is atheism. Mm-hmm. So Christianity is on the decline. The worship of God, the serving of God is on the decline and everything else is on the rise. You know, Asian, Eastern religions, Taoism and Buddhism, and they're, they're on the rise in the West as well. You know, mm-hmm. Europe used to be the bastion for Christianity. Now, most of Europe doesn't even go to church. I think the last article I read was something like 17% of Europeans actually attend church. Hmm. And then so, an even smaller percentage of that actually go to a real church where the gospel is being preached. Correct. I mean, it, it was uh, 20 years ago, 80, 87% of Americans identified as Christian. 20 years later, we're down to like 71%. Mm-hmm. And every year that just drops more and more. I mean, we're, we're getting to the time where we're getting to the time of Noah, where mm-hmm. lawlessness abounds and yes. every, everybody's turned from God. Mm-hmm. And that, that brings me to my next point, which we kind of talked about last week, is that God has a limit for how much of the garbage that he's going to put up with. Right. And so we can keep pushing this, pushing this wickedness as we as humans can keep pushing this wickedness, but God's not going to put up with it forever. He has a, a tipping point when Jesus said he's coming back. Right. And so he's going to rapture us out of there. Yeah. I firmly believe there's a point. There will be one last heart that turns dark. Like there's a number. Mm-hmm. And when that number is reached, God's like, all right, yep, go. Yep. And uh, I think we're fast approaching just, just seeing how quickly people are fleeing from God all around right. the world. Right. And I say all around the world, but, you know, it's, a, it's so strange. Is if you go east, to the Middle East and Asia, Christianity is exploding out there. Right. It's on, it's on the rise. It's in the west. Mm-hmm. That's so much in decline. Right. And that's, what, that's ultimately what I was getting at. I replied to your tweet earlier. You said that um, – Something about Nigeria is the most dangerous country yeah. in the world for Christians. And I replied to it and I said, I would be willing to bet that Nigeria also has one of the fastest growing populations of true born again Christians because Satan will not work that hard in a country if he's not afraid of what God is doing. Right. And that's why I think that Christianity has grown stagnant. It's grown. We have a lot of lukewarm Christians here in America right now. And that's because it's too easy. Oh, yeah. We, we don't have to suffer for anything. Right. We, right. we don't have to give up anything. I, I think that's going to change soon. Oh, yeah. I think you so, know. too. I agree. You know, there, there's going to be a day not too far in the future, I think, where you and I are not going to be able to do what we're doing right now. Right. Um, right. I mean, it, it's just going to come. We, we will be persecuted. Mm-hmm. Which Jesus said, if they, if they hateth me, they're going to hate you. Right. And it will start with Twitter bans, and it will start with censorship on social media. Oh, yeah. And then oh, yeah. it will move into government. 
I mean, it, it's it's already taking place in, mm-hmm. in small amounts here and there. Mm-hmm. And, and you know what they're doing is they're they're feeling they're feeling it. You know right. what's what's the reaction going to be right. from the people if we do this a little bit? Right. And nobody's Given reacting. Will take a mile. Right. Nobody's reacting to it. Nobody's right. fighting back against. There's a couple people here and there that, right. you know, well, they're making comments, but you know, there's no there's no outrage. Right. And well, as long as long as there's no outrage, there's going it's going to continue to get worse. Yes. Well, the thing is, on a secular note, not so much in a spiritual world. Alexander Cortez was banned a couple couple weeks ago, and the whole like the whole this neighborhood of Twitter freaked out about it. Well, a couple of days later, Ivan Thorne was banned, and I haven't seen I've seen a handful of tweets about him, you know. Yeah. And so we've already grown complacent in it. We, it's just a norm where Alexander Cortez was banned, and the whole manosphere, for lack of a better term, was up in arms about him. But then Ivan Thorne gets banned, and you, you see two or three tweets is it. Yeah. N- nobody's supporting it, and I'm guilty of the same thing. I mean, I didn't say anything about Ivan, but it's we keep allowing this censorship to happen, and it's only a matter of time before it affects us directly. I, I think what Ivan – and the few tweets I did say was, uh, you know, go, go jump on his Instagram. And, right. uh, and I think that's what everybody did instead of just – you know, complaining about it because nothing's going to happen by just complaining. You know, everybody just jumped over to Instagram. Right. Uh, I went and followed him on Instagram after it happened. Well, you know, AJ, AJ made a comeback. He, he mm-hmm. got his, but if you notice, I almost feel like it's not really him. Really? Like his content's so much different really? since he's come back. I, I don't know how, how close well, uh, you've looked at his tweets. But. Are you on his, his email list? Yes. He sent an email the other day about like in the middle of the band where he was talking about how he doesn't want to do the kind of vomiting onto the, under the Twitter thread, you know, right. where he just kind of dumps these words on there. He wants to do more of the long thought out process. And so with Twitter, he can just kind of have this thought and type it out and send it and right. just throw those out, throw those out. But he wants to do the more thought out. He wants to do the more um, thought provoking kind of okay. work. I'm, I missed that email. Yeah. Wh- but, uh, which, what you're saying makes sense and his content has changed. But I think that that is more due to him wrestling with the. Because when he came back, he was that's the same cocky kind of right. a- arrogant dude that he is, which, I mean, I'm not saying that's a good or a bad thing. He, that's just his personality. Right. And so that made me believe that it was really him. He's just. Re- reevaluating the way that he goes about it, you know. Right, Ch- changing his content up. Right, right. So, um, we we've gotten so far off topic. <laughs> I mean, we have it, but we have. So we were talking about how it's going to be. We are not going to be allowed to do this anymore because we, as Christians, are going to be censored, and it's going to be harder for us to get our message out. Which I right. know that there are some who will still continue to get the message out. I mean, I'm going to be saying this until the day I die. I believe that you will too. But a lot of Christians are going to, like I said, they're lukewarm. They don't want, they don't, they follow this because it's easy and because Kanye is singing about it, but they don't follow it because it's it's true. It's a real thought that they have. It's They don't follow it because they're truly convicted with it. Right. And, and you know, 
you, you know me, I, I can be kind of a downer when it comes to this, but you know, a lot of people, it's a good feeling for them. And as long as it feels good for them, they're on board. And it's right. kind of what you're saying. Right. As soon as it becomes right. a fight and a struggle, right. They just go on to what's, what's easy. Right. They're because just, they're, just, they're not truly convicted with the Holy spirit. Right. I mean, when it comes to, uh, you, know, the, you know, the Bible talks about, let me get to it. Cause I have a point here on this. People talk about, uh, you know, the, the narrow, the straight and narrow road getting into heaven. And, and Jesus said, you know, it's so bad about getting a new Bible, all your highlightings and <laughs> all your notes are gone. gone. So, let's see. No, it's chapter seven. And my pages are stuck together. All right. So, Matthew 7 uh, 14, I believe. I'm just switching over to my Bible app since I don't have my. You said Matthew 7 and 14? I believe it's 14. Yeah. Straight and narrow. So uh, I'll start in verse 12. So therefore all things, whatever you would, that men should do to you, do ye even so to them, golden rule. For this is the law and the prophets. Enter ye in the straight gate, for wide is the gate and broad is the way that leadeth to destruction. And many there be which go in thereat, because straight is the gate and narrow is the way that leadeth unto life, and few there be that find it. So a lot of people attribute that to getting to heaven. I don't think it's so much getting into heaven, so much as just getting into the kingdom of God. You know, here on earth as a servant, we're in the kingdom of God already. It's in our hearts, right? Mm -hmm. So few there be that find it. I think there's few that actually enter into the kingdom of heaven. You know, that's Christ's words. I think there's few actual real would give your life for God. Mm -hmm. You know, I always said an interesting exercise, and that's probably terrible, but an interesting social experiment would be to go to church and obviously fake, but have armed men come into the church and start putting guns to people's head, deny Christ or I pull the trigger. Mm-hmm. How many people would actually deny Christ and how many would take the trigger pull mm-hmm. just in the average church? Well, that was a real thing. Did you see that? And um, I forget where and when I forget the the circumstances behind it, but a person actually did that for real where oh, no, I, he, didn't, I didn't know that he wanted them to like, he was asking them, are you a Christian? And if they said, yes, he was killing them. And I'm pretty, I'm, I don't know the exact circumstances. I'll find the article though and send it to you. Yeah, I do. But that that was a real thing. But you know how many how many people would would take the trigger pull? How many people would take the bullet? Right. You know, I think I think if you go over to the persecuted churches in Asia, Africa, a they lot would. more people would take the bullet Definitely. than than in America. Because that's a real thing for them. They right. They face that every single day. If I get caught, I'm going to have to take a bullet. Right there, there's a uh, there's a friend of mine, um, and I guarantee you, there's no lukewarm Christians over there. They're real. They're for real. 
so me and my wife are friends with uh, a couple in Romania. Um, his his name is uh, his brother Mirsha Kristen, not Christian, but Kristen. But uh, he's he's in his fifties now, early sixties. But he grew up under communist rule in Romania. Mm-hmm. He served served in the Soviet army. But he was a Christian the entire time. Mm. And he's come to our church a couple times and we've talked over FaceTime several times and just the stories, just the stories of the persecuted church in Romania and, and, and what he went through in the military. Right. And he was open about being a Christian when he was in the military, but it caused him a lot of hardship yeah. at the same time. It could have landed him in jail. He really? just had a commanding officer that kind of didn't really care. Huh. Um. Same. I've told you before that I was in the Philippines, right? Right. With our mission. Um, They are liable to lose their jobs for saying, for leaving the church. So there's a church there that's very politically based. It's called Iglesia Ni Cristo. It means literally Church of Christ, but it's it's a call. And so they teach that you have to be in the church on Sunday and God's going to come back. And when he raptures us out, if you're not in the church on Sunday morning, you're, you're not going. So if you're a church member and you, you're sick and you stay home and God decides to come back that Sunday morning, he's not going to take you with him because you're not in the, church, the literal church building. That's one of their teachings. But if you leave that church and come join their real church, then you're liable to lose your job. You're liable to lose your house. Your, your landlord could kick you out. Um, you, you could lose everything just for that. Yeah. And so they they're hardcore, they're for real. You know, in America, what what do I have to deal with? Some trolls on Twitter? Right. Right. I mean, uh, you hit the block button and keep going. Exactly. So it's it's now, I mean, it, it's becoming more common. Um I was talking to a guy not very long ago. Um he moved here from California and he lost his job because he was a Christian. Really? They didn't tell him that because that's against federal law. Mm-hmm. But uh he went from doing well at his job to his boss found out he attended church regularly and he was fired about two weeks later. Mm. So, I mean, it's beginning to happen. Right. And and that's going to come. It's going to come for all of us. Right. You're not going to be able to attend schools or you're not going to be able to go work this employer or, mm-hmm. you know, I think uh, listening to, you know, everybody's kind of giving me heck about listening to the impeachment hear, uh, hearings today, but I, I, I do pay attention to some politics. Mm-hmm. And that's the reason. It's like all the uh, confirmation hearings for the judges and Supreme Court judges and, and this position and that position. And one thing that the Democrats keep bringing up is, oh well, they they you know it's one thing they hold against a, a nominee is if they're a regular church attendee. Uh, I've seen it so many times, especially really? the judges. Yeah, really. Yeah, wow. they, they, that's a question. Do you do you attend church regularly? Hmm. And um, and they're they're allowed to, and they're allowed to ask even though. It's against federal law. You know, a person's religion should not be held into account for a job position. Right. So um, it, it's it's beginning. It's mm-hmm. beginning to happen. And yes, and I know. It. I'm talking to a girl right now. Yes, I'm talking to a girl right now. Um, that she got fired from her job at Starbucks. Well, she wasn't fired because of this, but one of the main points of contention for her was that. She, she was a Christian and she attended church every Sunday. And that's one of the reasons that they decided to fire her. So. 
Oh, I got fired from a place once because I told them I had to have every Sunday off. Really? And uh, when they hired me, that was fine. That was fine. Mm-hmm. Very first schedule they put up, and it was a second job, so it wasn't really a big deal. Was you were scheduled morning. on Sunday, weren't you? I was scheduled on Sunday morning. Yep, that happened to me once. And I told my manager, I said, I'm, I'm not coming in. And right. she goes, well, you just won't have a job. Right. And I was actually, I was, I'll go ahead and say I was at Academy Sports. And I just got it as a evening time after work job, second job. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I took my shirt off and walked out of there with a shirt on. I mean, <laughs> I took my shirt off, handed it to her right then and there. I said, I'm not working on Sunday. Right. And to tell me that I'm going to do it after you told me it was fine that I didn't. You know right. what I mean? Right. I have been, I have been scheduled. So the time that I'm talking about, it happened a couple of times, actually. I told them that I was willing to work on Sunday after two o'clock PM. So that way I could still go in the morning and they scheduled, they, they started pushing it back right away. Like that next week I was scheduled at one on Sunday and I made it work. I can still go to church. Okay. Then it was 12 and then it was 11. And then all of a sudden I got, I got no time for church. Right, because I it's, I had to pick between this this job of my um, going to church, and so yeah, it's definitely a thing. They're definitely they definitely don't want us in church, no, whoever no. they is, which is, I I believe is the world, but they don't want us attending church. They don't want us serving God. Could could be the Illuminati. <laughs> it's the Freemasons. <laughs> so look, this is completely off topic, but Sunday uh, Sunday or no, was it last night? Yeah, it was last night. Uh, a pastor, he got to, uh, I don't know how many conspiracy theories and stuff you are, but there's one conspiracy theory that, uh, like, the Smithsonian has the skeletons of giants in the basement and stuff like that. Really? Yeah. So, pastor starts preaching last night, and he's like, you know, they've been finding skeletons of giants for hundreds of years, and the Smithsonian's got some right now. And I looked at my wife, and she looked at me, I said, pastor's going a little conspiracy theory on us. <laughs> Well, nice. David David buried the head of Goliath in a mountain. Yeah. So there's definitely skulls of giants out there somewhere. So I, I mean, what David or Goliath was what uh, nine foot nine inches? I think is the general consensus. Right, something like that. Could have been taller, could have been shorter, but. But he buried his head in Gol- Golgotha. He buried his head in a mountain and then named the mountain Golgotha. Yeah, the mountain of the skull. Mm-hmm. For anybody right. that wants to know what Golgotha means. We're supposed to be talking about Noah's Ark. Yeah. <laughs> Way off course. So uh, what you got next? The last thing that I have is how intentional the, the Ark building was. And so I'm going to need to find, go back to it. You talking about the measurements? Yes. So, you know, you, fun fact, you know, science has proved that those measurements are perfect for any C1 vessel. Really? Well, you don't get any more perfect than that. Right. Well, it's it's God's perfect plan. Yeah. But he's so intentional with how he wants it made. Make thee an ark of gopher wood. Whom um, shalt thou make in the ark and shalt pitch it within and without with pitch. He he. So he coated that thing, not just on the outside to make it waterproof, but on the inside also. Right. And I firmly believe that that is because... God wanted the ark to survive today for you to post that article about how they found it in, in oh, Turkey. Or, yeah. He, cause, he cause made it to last. A preservative. Right. Right. And he didn't just do the outside. He did the, the inside too. And that's because God wanted it to last forever. 
you know. Uh, but he was just so intentional with the way that he built it. And I think that we in our lives need to be more intentional also with, with our faith and how we, how we do things. If we could be intentional about it, we'd serve God better. Right. What were you about to say? Um, I don't remember. <laughs> it wasn't note related. It was a random thought. Oh. Um, I do. I do know. Uh, I've read in many books that a lot of scholars believe at the end of in the days that we will begin seeing more and more proof mm. of uh, everything the Bible tells us. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know if there's a Bible passage for that or not. I can't recall ever reading one. Right. But it's, let's see, you know, everything was done for a reason, like you said, you know, one thing that's not discussed is, is everybody hears the story of animals come in two by two, right? Mm-hmm. Kitty songs about it, and that's what you see in the cartoons. You know, it was only the unclean animals that went in in pairs. Right. If, uh, if you look in verse two of chapter seven of every clean animal, you shall take with you seven of each kind, male and female. Mm. And that's good for food, right? That That's for food and for sacrifice. Uh huh. Cause they needed something to eat once the flood was over with. Right. The clean. So, but, but it's a fun fact for me that you never really hear about. I don't even hear preachers talk about it. You know, mm-hmm. Those mm-hmm. animals went in two by two. Right. Now, of the animals of the sky, seven of every kind, I'm not sure why there were seven there. Um, a great deal of, of birds are actually considered unclean. Really? Anything, anything web-footed was unclean. Mm. No ducks. Correct. No ducks, geese, anything like that. Okay, here's something that I just thought of. I didn't really have any notes on it, and we kind of talked. Sorry, I had to turn my heater off. We kind of talked about it last week also, but I had a, a My Twitter. air conditioner's on. <laughs> Man, you're rubbing that in. <laughs> but I had a Twitter DM about it, and somebody said that they liked the thought that science proves the Bible. Yeah. And I, we, I always, so. we always say about how science and the Bible don't mix, but the reason is science – tries so hard to disprove the bible where they talk about the earth is billions of years old and all like this but they talk about how at one point in time all of the continents were together in this one big supercontinent and then over time they split apart you know over billions of years but what if there was it was all together and it was just split apart by a big flood that only one family survived I have a book I need to send you. Um, I took a class last year. It was a science elective. I needed one more elective. And I took, uh, oh, I can't remember the name of the class. But uh, it, it, was, it was creation theory. Mm-hmm. And uh, that, that's one of the things I talked about, that the flood was what split the land up, that it, everything was one mass, one earth mass. Right. And, um Oh man, I wish I knew. I wish I knew he was gonna go here. I have an awesome, awesome book. It, it relays creation versus uh, evolution. 
mm-hmm. as far as the billions of years versus the thousands of years. And it lays out each time period by the thousands of years. And it actually matches up really well with the events that science says happen. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, you know, one thing like um, the fossils, science tells us it takes millions of years to create a fossil. Mm-hmm. Science has also proven that they can create a fossil very quickly in a laboratory under the conditions that would have happened during the flood. Right. Right. Because so, think about it. They find all these fish fossils, right? And how many, how many times have you seen a fish die and sink to the bottom of the, of the river or the right. pond? They don't, they, they float and then they end up on the shore, you know? Right. And so they, they, if the fish were to be fossilized, it would have to be die, hit the ground, be immediately covered up and then fossilized that way. Right. Whereas it's not, they just lay there for years and years and years and years and years. Fish don't just lay there. Something comes along and picks them up. Right. And so it would have to be immediate in my opinion. You know, you yeah, know, I watched a uh, documentary. Ken Ham. Go ahead. Have you ever heard of the man Ken Ham? Yeah. He, he, that's, I got that idea from him. It's not my yeah, own idea. He's the Ark Encounter. Right, right. Yeah, Which no, we is have only a, a couple hours away from my uh, house. That that arc encounter is only like that, two that's hours cool. from my place. Well, I, I have to keep that in mind because our next family trip is going to be to the arc encounter. Yeah, let me know. I'll have to find out for sure how far away. But, it uh, is, but... go ahead. What are your thought? I'm sorry, I keep but, cutting uh, you off. I was watching the documentary and it was about. No, you're good. I was watching a documentary on whales. It was was like on planet earth or one of those shows. And it's talking about the whale carcasses that floated to the bottom of the ocean floor. But just like in a matter of weeks, like there weren't even bones left. Right. To get buried at the bottom of the ocean. Because there's creatures down there that that eat everything. They they take all the carcass. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of hard to leave a, uh, a skeleton behind the fossil eyes when there's something there that's eating every part of it, bone included. You know right, what I mean? Right. The, the other thing is, are you done with that thought? I don't want to cut you off again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm good. Okay. So you were talking about evolution, right? And I think that evolution, how am I going to say this without upsetting all the theologians out there? Um, I think that evolution is semi supported by the Bible because I very much believe that God created everything that we see here. But in verse chapter, chapter six and verse 20, it says of fowls after their kind and of cattle after their kind and every creeping thing of the earth after his kind, two of every sort shall come under thee to keep them alive. And where it says two of every sort, Do you think that that means like all the little birds, there was two sparrows and two blue jays and two, um, I don't know, robins or whatever. Or do you think that there was just two birds and they eventually became sparrows and robins and blue jays? Or do you think that there was two chihuahuas and two great danes and two golden shepherds or they just became those things? I I think there was, I think there was two wolves. Mm Mm-hmm. Because every 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 canine in the world can ancestry can be traced back to the wolf. Right. 
And so then so from there they dog, became you know, you, dogs are a good example. Right. And so from there, I don't think that there was two Chihuahuas and two German Shepherds and two all this, that, and the other thing. I think there was just two dog like wolves probably that just eventually became Chihuahuas and Dachshunds <laughs> Wiener dogs. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like and maybe that's not exactly evolution, but it's I, it, science, the way that science describes evolution, I think is semi, at least a little bit, supported by the Bible. Tell me if I'm wrong. Well, there, there are um, several theological theories on creationism. And uh, one of them is called the extended day theory. And that's where day one of creation was actually like 4 billion years long. Mm. And then there's a, a an extended theory where each day, because the Bible says a day, a thousand years, a thousand years a day, no man knows a day of God. Right. So there's another theory that says, you know, each day was you know, however 800 million years or something like that. So evolution still took place. Mm -hmm. And then of course you have the, the literal seven day theory. Mm -hmm. See, um, I believe that it was literally seven exact days, just like we have seven days, one week today, but right. Right. So do I. And so like, that's not exactly what I mean, but I mean, like, like, so like you mentioned dogs and dogs are a good example because dogs are a product of human selective mm -hmm. breeding. We, right. we have selected the genes that we want and created the different breeds of dogs. Mm-hmm. So, but do you, you know, think that, that could happen with, from a wolf? But we just bred. Right, but do you think that could happen with the other with animals? Birds or anything also? else? Yeah, absolutely. And so that's kind of what I'm yeah, saying. Where I do. They didn't have one of every specific species in the. I don't know if species right. is the right word in the ark, but they had maybe one bird or two birds and two dogs and two um, cats. I don't know. And they just eventually evolved, adapted, changed into the animals that we have now. That's right. that's where I'm kind of going. I, with I think it. it's very much the, yeah, I think it's very much possible, and that would that would definitely make it easier to have two of each animal on, on the ark. Right. You know, another argument I've seen as far as you know how did they how did they manage to fit all these animals on the ark? You know, the Bible never said that. It's two of each adult animals that went on the ark. Mm -hmm. you know, how do we know? Could have been babies. It wasn't two. How you know it wasn't lion cubs and, and wolf pups. And you know what I'm saying? Right. You can definitely fit a lot more baby animals in the area than you can full grown mm -hmm. animals. Well, the other thing is, I believe that there was a lot of room on the ark because I believe that Noah would have. Because where does it say that he split a th split it into thirds? Like one third for food, one third for animals, and one third for living. Uh, keep talking. I'll look. Okay. Well, I believe that that one third that was for living was meant to hold a good portion of the world in it, because he was for 120 years he was preaching. There's going to be a flood. There's going to be a flood, and he fully intended for some of the world to join him, but they just didn't. They they ignored what he had to say, and so I think that there was plenty of room for people if they wanted to. And then no, no people ended up coming. 
Yeah, so I think you're talking about verse 16 where it talks about you'll make a uh, a lower or a second and a third story. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, probably. But I've just always heard that he split it into thirds where it's a third for food, a third for animals, and a third for living. But I could be wrong. You could be right. You could be wrong. I don't have enough knowledge there. Right. But I mean, it would make sense. I, I, I honestly believe you're you're correct. You know, it wasn't God's will that for a billion people to die. Right. But you know, obviously, God didn't expect that many people to go with him. If you know, he only made one ark. Right. But you know, well, he knew this? nobody was going to come with him except his family. Right. right. So I mean, it's a. Uh, it's how it is you know it's to me it's amazing that you know people watch this man build this big boat in the middle of a desert for 120 years and nobody kind of questioned it you know what i mean oh i bet they questioned it i bet they made so much fun of him oh i'm sure they made fun of him but i mean when i pick when i imagine noah and his personality i imagine him as a bitter man because wouldn't you be bitter if you preach for 120 years and nobody listened to you and the Bible says in chapter 9 that one of the very first things he did after after he had uh, the ark had landed and they had all left is he went and got drunk. Right. So I imagine him being a bitter person. And then even after that, we get into the Tower of Babel. You know, he was still alive for that. Right. He was still alive to watch humans break God's commandment. Again. Again, right. You know, can, I mean, can you think about it? He, God, Noah's sitting up there. He's like, y'all. Right, right. We, we just went through this. Right. You know. Well, and we were kind of talking about it because for those that don't know, we kind of have a, a group message with a bunch of Christians in it. And we were talking about the Holy Spirit the other day. And so it's it's we can look back and say, how can they break the commandment like that? But they didn't have the Holy Spirit in them. Right. But yeah, but, I mean, I mean, but you you would think. Imagine being Noah watching them. You like, you would man, think we just that, learned this that the guy that went through this is still alive, right? So like nobody listened to him before the flood, right? Very few people listened to him after the flood. Yeah, I imagine he was pretty frustrated. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. it's, it's no it's no wonder Noah liked to partake of the vine, right? You know, he I, I'd probably be a drinker too. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it, it it would have to be frustrating. I've never thought about that before, but yeah, it's. I mean, that's just. I don't think the Bible ever says that he was a bitter person, but every time I picture him, every time I think of, okay, this was, this is Noah, you know, I think of, he was probably one of those grumpy old men. Get off my lawn. Right. <laughs> no, I mean, think about it. If you go, if you go on past. Uh, in chapter nine, even after living through the flood, Noah's sons still sinned. Right. I mean, like straight off the ark, sinning. Yep. yep. I mean, like you, I, I don't know. For me, it's unfathomable. I just watched God destroy the world. Mm-hmm. Like my first thought's not going to be, let's go sin as soon as I get off that boat. Right. You know what I mean? Right. So, I mean, well, it's, the thing is, I get that because we have the sin nature and me being a saved man, I still sin every day. 
And so I really don't see it as very diff as much different. But you're right. I mean, I I know what you're saying. I mean, yeah, I I see what you're saying there. But I'm just being like, you you ex you you experienced it. You right. lived through it. You know, you right. think that would have a little more. You know, for right. us who have never seen God's wrath in the fullest extent, and we've never seen God's miracles in its full extent. You know, right. we we live very much on faith, which is what the Holy Spirit is here for. Mm -hmm. You know, the reason God was much more active in the Old Testament with with the miracles and the fire and brimstone and it was because people had to see Him. The Holy Spirit wasn't there, mm -hmm. so that's how. It's probably the wrong words to use, but I'm going to use them anyway. It's how God proved that he was there to, mm -hmm. to everybody else. They could see God. They could hear God. Right. For us, we don't get that. Right. But like Jesus said, blessed is he who does not see and still believes. So that's, that's where we have you know, our faith comes in. But it just it just baffles my mind, and I understand the sin nature, but you live through it. You just live through the destruction of the entire world, and you're going to go sin. Right. I mean that's that's stupid. <laughs> Just to put it bluntly, it's it's stupid. <laughs> I can't say I wouldn't eventually sin, but I doubt the very first thing I did was go sin. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Right. But I don't know. That's just part that's always baffled me. <laughs> but I mean, Noah got drunk. Getting drunk is a sin. Like he right. got off the boat and went and got drunk. So yep. I mean, right. I, I guess they all did. Yep. What else you got? You got any more notes? Um, let me see. Uh, just just some fun facts. Right Noah, lived, Noah lived 350 years after the flood. Uh, he was 950 years old when he died. Um, and Biblical scholars consider him one of the three most righteous men in the Bible mm -hmm. for, for everything that's worth. So uh, just fun facts there. <laughs> Is that it? That's it. That's all I got. All right. You want to end it then? Yeah. Th this forward. is one of our longer episodes. Yeah. Um, we, we went way down a rabbit hole there. <laughs> way, way down. That's okay. Yeah. I always I'm have fun. I'm not going to edit it. I'm just going to post it. Do it. Yep, yep. Hey, so before we leave, um, y'all get you some King's Council shampoo and conditioner. Use code TDR10 for 10% off. That way you can save money. Joseph makes money. I make money. Everybody's happy. I love making money. Y'all buy some shampoo. <laughs> and uh, also, okay, so for everybody that's made it this far, a little something that I haven't told the world yet. I'm going to be coming back on the morning brew with Hunter Drew on Monday morning at 7 p.m. or 7 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. And I still haven't been on the show. <laughs> Joseph's is a little bit jealous. A little bit. But <laughs> Hunter, but, uh, if you listen to this episode, <laughs> Joseph's available. <laughs> Very available. But, yeah, so uh, set your calendars for that if you guys would like to come watch what I have to say. We're going to be talking about the King's Council thing and kind of getting it going and like that. And so if you want to hear my, more of my story, come listen to that live. And you're going to ask questions and stuff in there. So that's going to be fun. Um, Joseph, you got anything you want to announce? No. Um, I think I think we're taking a break next week, right? 
for Thanksgiving. Yes, yes there's going to be no podcast next week because yeah, – I, I, we, I will be out of town, and I don't know what Kyle's doing, but I'll, I'll, I won't be around to do it. I'll also be out of town, so – so it, and and we're too lazy to to record an extra episode this week. So <laughs> right, exactly. It, and we don't so, have enough episodes to do a best. So, hey, that's what you can do. You can edit some best ofs. Just take pieces. <laughs> yeah, there you go. That you need to have time for that. I've I've got. I'm trying to cram 25 hours into a 24 hour day. <laughs> Is that all? <laughs> uh, all right. Well, I'm going to say. Wait till you have kids. <laughs> Tell the people where they can find you. All right, you can find me JD Manley eighteen at Twitter, on Twitter or uh, J Smith two seven two nine two on Instagram. Is that it? Is it Barbarian Rhetoric? Yeah, he's got blog posts on BarbarianRhetoric.com. I do. I do every, every Wednesday. I don't. I don't know how that slipped my mind. Because <laughs> Nathan will not let me. You know, if Sunday comes around and I ain't got that to him yet. He's like, man, what you doing? <laughs> He asked me to Sweet. make another guest post for him, so I'm going to have to fit that in somewhere. Yeah, you need to do it. I, yeah. I, you know, it's, it's a good release. Yep. So you got Barbarian Rhetoric. I'm one of the authors on there. I'm under the uh, pen name Padre. And then I uh, also have my other podcast I'm going to throw out here on this podcast, which yep. is Trails to the Cross. Um, I, I got got that going. I've been listening to it. Uh-oh. No, uh, Kyle is making an appearance this week, and when we get off here, I just figured I just got a message while we were podcasting that it didn't publish this morning like it was supposed to. Oh, so I got to figure out. I got to get it published. Yeah, but uh, you'll, as soon as it gets published, y'all will be hearing Kyle's lovely voice again <laughs> uh, this evening if if you choose to listen to the podcast. But uh, yeah, that's it for me. All right, I'm at Kyle underscore Moonlight that on Twitter. Um, KyleMoonlight.com, KingsCouncilCo.com, and Kings Council has a new Instagram. It's Kings.Council. Pretty simple. Okay, I'm going to say something about your shampoo. All right, let's hear it. The shampoo doesn't act like a normal shampoo, and the conditioner doesn't act like a normal conditioner. Like like the rolls are almost reversed. Mm-hmm. But I've been I've been experimenting. Like most days, I just use the conditioner. Right, it foams up good. It leaves you clean. As what you just we described as what a two in one kind of. Right. If you use the shampoo and immediately use the conditioner afterwards, the foam on your head is ridiculous. I mean, it's like. And just like don't a, wash it off. It's like a fro of foam. Yeah. Really? Huh. And I'm gonna have uh, to try that because I've been using the shampoo, washing it, or rinsing it, and then putting using the conditioner right next. Yeah, that stuff foams up, and I mean, it, it leaves your head feeling clean. Really? Like, so I went from using just the conditioner every day and the shampoo every now and then. So now I use them both every night. Really? Huh? I want to have to experience. I want to have to try that. But y'all, it's good stuff, and and the smell is. My wife loves the smell. She said it has a, a very masculine cologne type smell to it. Very good. So uh, yeah, it, it's awesome stuff, y'all. Joseph's wife's a fan. She get is. you some King's Council. Get the women. She is. <laughs> all right, all right, you, your shampoo's got to go. Uh, Nate's soap's got to go. So yep, very good. You know, as long as the wife is happy. Very good, very good. All right, I'm going to say a prayer and then we'll end it, okay? All right. All right. Uh, Heavenly Father, thank you very much for the opportunity to meet today. Thank you for for being able to talk to Joseph and having, having him around. Um, God, I want to pray that you watch over our families at this coming two weeks now. Um, God, if anybody can get anything out of this message, Lord, I pray that you touch their hearts and have them reach out to somebody, reach out to me, reach out to Joseph, even somebody in their lives. 
that they might might come to you, Lord. And all these things I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, I'll catch Amen, you next brother. time. All right, sounds good. All right.